Hello, podcast world. Welcome to Vicarious Living, a show about a couple Midwest dudes breaking down all the beauty that is teen drama TV. Vicarious Living, welcome back, Pat, to the core. What's going on? We uh, we took one week road trip off. Um, I, I went away. I had to get my mind right in uh, good old uh, New Jersey, the Garden State. Oh, yeah. And Now, uh, you love New Jersey, right? It's like one of my top five favorite places to be. It's just so fucking beautiful there. And I never have any travel issues when I go in there. Right. So I just had a little vacation from the pod, able to get my mind right, come back with some energy. You had a nice vacation to the Garden State. Just enjoyed yourself. They have Mm -hmm. a beach there? You probably spent most of the time on the beach. Yeah, most of the time at the beach, uh, just doing a lot of beach games. You know how it goes. Like, uh, you're playing, like, shuffleboard on the beach. You're playing... What are some beach games? Spike ball. Volleyball. Volleyball. Uh, that game with the paddles where they have the sticky paddles yeah. in the ball. I mean, kind of shit. I played that. I did that a whole lot. Either way, we're both super refreshed and super ready to just dive deep into this new show. Ready to start it back up. Uh, OTH, One Tree Hill. I mean, you've never seen it. I've only seen it once, which for me, that's like I've never seen it. Yeah. And it was like 10 years ago, so I really just didn't remember a lot of the stuff. It must have just missed me. When did this actually come out? Like, was it, was it, was the OC fully over and then this came in on its heels or were there some overlap there? 2003. So it it was like, I just recall it happening in like an alternative universe. Yeah. Was it on a smaller network? Was this a CW show? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or WB or whatever, because... The OC was on primetime Thursdays at 8 on Fox, which, you know, back then the big network still carried most of the weight. And this was on, like, the, the WB or whatever. And um, I think the, the where this really gained traction was, like Megan was talking about last week, it really picked up a lot of heat quality-wise in, like, seasons 3, 4, 5, and 6. And so I think what happened was is the OC crushed it in 03. Right, when right, it, right, right. It just nailed it. But then as the OC started petering off and falling off a cliff after like two seasons, three seasons at most, that's when One Tree Hill really kicked in. So I think One Tree Hill grabbed a generation, one generation after us. That makes sense. We're right when they're petering, uh, One Tree Hill is spiking. That's actually a good lesson for like us. Yeah. So like year one, even though we're burning pretty pretty hot right now, we just got to keep the quality up. So like year four, year five, year six, mm-hmm. we're just really hitting our stride. Right. Yeah. I can't wait till we hit our stride. It's going to be so fucking unreal. I mean, I'm still waiting on to hit my stride and just in like life. And I think I'm close. Yeah. But I'm still shooting for 42. I've been shooting for, for a while. Yeah. I'm now thinking like 33 is 33, 34 is like where I really start crushing. Okay. Just like deals, business deals, probably have like a sex change at 34. That makes sense. Just to like really maximize. Switch things up. Yeah. I mean, I feel like by that point I'll, I'll have like reached everything I want to do in a dude body and then it'll be time to like, all right, here we go. Yeah. 
see a day. No, I get that. That makes total sense to me. Okay, so um, we're just going to do the pilot of One Tree Hill tonight. Megan and I, we gave a character breakdown last week. So tonight, Pat and I, we're just going to do the pilot, get him up to speed. But first, before we do that, of course, we always have to get to our housekeeping. Why don't you give our shit? VicariousLivingPod at gmail.com and VicariousLivingPodcast on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... All right, we actually have a mailbag question. Wow. That excites me. Really excited. Okay. Who's it from? Um, It's from a Maggie D. Mm. From Cincinnati, Ohio. Yeah, okay. I don't know who that is, but go ahead. So I'll go ahead and read this. Uh, Maggie says, great recaps of Laguna Beach. (laughs) We know. (laughs) (laughs) We we, we know. We know. Yeah, enough said. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for that. Uh, But yeah, we do know. Um. I know you're transitioning into One Tree Hill, and I guess you're also transitioning into a woman, yeah, well, which we just found yet. out. Then in a couple years. Two yeah. years from now. Yeah. Um, I'll get back to this email, but I do have a very relevant and important question regarding future recaps on the pod. All of this podcast covers teen drama. What are the rules for covering the Hills reboot or special episode <laughs> dedication? <laughs> As we can then discuss the teens who are who have now grown up but yet still have drama. Excited to hear your thoughts on this, especially since I believe this is not this is the only teen drama show to get a reboot. Fact check that. Anyways, keep up the great work and always remember to be free and explore. Hashtag Wicklowware. Outro. Missy Elliott, get your freak on. <laughs> Alright, right, here it is. Missy Elliott. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, I guess Maggie D is just a very big Missy Elliott fan. Really weird stuff. Um, okay, so a lot to unpack there. I think, from my personal perspective, I would like it kind of like we did with um, Ethan Ocean. I would like, and quite honestly, we were anticipating doing this with Laguna Beach in between. Friday Night Lights and a One buffer. Tree Hill. Yeah, I like the idea of a buffer. We just went in too deep. We yeah. just got too into it. So, to Maggie D's point, I think that is something that we will continue to look to do, and maybe we'll start to look to do it, like, in the middle of the shows. Like, if we want to go, hey, One Tree Hill, like, in the middle, let's do five episodes and then take, like, a one-episode, one-off break to do, like, either a one-time on a teen drama movie or, like... Like Ethan Ocean or what we John thought we Carter. Were. John Carter, yeah. Like to where it's just like, hey, um, we just need to like we just need to get back to neutral, check in with some other good teen shit. Really appreciate that timely email though, because I guess in reality teen drama news, the Hills is back, right? I don't know much about this other than Marissa Cooper's in it, right? Yeah. So um I actually got feedback from lauren s who was on one of our pods a couple weeks ago and she said hey you keep fucking up on the podcast when you talk about misha barton on the hills you keep calling her marissa and it's like no that's not a fuck up that's intentional <laughs> i will never call her misha barton to me she will always be marissa cooper and she will go down as marissa Dude, cooper i'm not i'm kind of getting uncomfortable just thinking about what it would be like to watch marissa cooper on a reality show 
So I can answer that question as well to, to Meg D's other question. Um, my thoughts on the hills are I would, I didn't need it. I don't want it. I'm not a big fan of the ultra contrived er reality TV. I like contrived reality, but the hills was a different animal. So that was just low budget D level acting to me. Right, right. So I didn't need it. I didn't need it to be rebooted. Anyways, they brought it back. I did watch the first episode. And um, yeah, I do have a lot of thoughts. I don't want to get into a ton of them. I mean, quick hitters. Uh, Marissa, uh, you kind of see her in a new light and basically find out that Perez Hilton in like 2004 just completely ruined her life. Oh. Uh, yeah. Wow, fuck Perez Hilton. Because it was back when like you had like the whole Paris Hilton and Nicole Richie stuff where paparazzi was just like outrageous and like a blogger like Perez Hilton could just go get like insanely unflattering pictures of you partying or whatever and then just blast the shit out of you. And he had so much say because it's not like now with Twitter and all these people, there was like one celebrity there was one guy. Blogger. He was like the king yeah. of celebrity gossip. Yeah. I vaguely remember that. Well, um, only other thing I want to say, and you'll definitely have thoughts about this on the Hills reboot. Um, it was so good to get fucking Brody Jenner back in my life. <laughs> Are you missing him? Oh God, I miss him so much. Like, is he still super rich and confident? Oh yeah, cool. Yeah, dude. He lives cool. in Malibu. He just like he plays by his own rules, dude. Yeah. What's your number one favorite thing about him? What's his gameplay quality that we love? Oh, we love the fact that he lays it out so that everybody else mainly women can play it out <laughs> oh yeah i realize he does it with dudes too he does it with everybody I, I was he still does it like on this reboot i was watching and he just like says the most like fucked up hurtful things directly to people's faces but because he's so hot rich and famous and he has this charm he kind of just like says it with a half smile and everyone just like lets it slide <laughs> it's amazing <laughs> you're like uh yeah dude uh oh what's up bd uh, you know i hate you dude right <laughs> what yeah i just don't like you why you know you just bug me that's cool though what is it about me specifically pretty much everything it's nothing you can fix i just don't i just don't like you that's cool bro yeah, no, that's, that's fine though that's fine you're cool you're still hey, cool but you I just... go surfing dude yeah cool let's go surfing yeah, he's just got this sweet fucking quality about him, and goddamn, is he fucking hot. I I was just telling, um, I, I would put him on my Mount Rushmore of man crushes, straight man crushes that I have on, on other guys. Where does he stack up between Jeff from Big Brother and Adam Levine? Well, Levine's not on my list. He fell off? He's not on. Okay. Jeff from Big Brother, Jeff with one F from Bachelor... They're both on it. KG, obviously. Two uh, Jeffs, KG and Brody Jenner. That's a pretty strong one. Yeah. I mean, all those guys, I'd straight hook up with them so fucking fast. If they chiseled those four faces on a rock face in South Dakota, I yeah. would drive there, stop for like 10, 15 minutes, and then keep driving. Right. No doubt. Just like the regular one? Exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, so what I, that was the long way around uh, Maggie D's email. Um, appreciate you reaching out. 
Yeah, maybe we should do one of those one-off ones at some point. I'd love to just like watch one time the movie Real Cancun. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> just and just do a, a hardcore deep dive breakdown on the the bullshit movie that was that. Um. Anyways, okay. Should we let's let's stop you know pussyfooting around it. Should we get into Montreal? I don't see why not. <laughs> Alright, so you guys laid out all the characters in the last episode, so I'm like fairly caught up with knowing who's who. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this was just, we watched the pilot tonight, and I was just trying to get a vibe for, I guess, the feel of the show, and then like what's going on with all these characters. So the first scene is like a, almost like a dual screen where they're going back and forth between the two main male, male characters, which are Lucas played by Chad Michael Murray. Yep. And Nathan played by I don't know his name. James Lafferty. James Lafferty. <laughs> Lafferty James. Um and so like it's this juxtaposition between Lucas who's playing basketball with a couple buddies just in a park goofing around and Nathan who's on the basketball team for the high school. Like, yeah. Playing real basketball. Tree Hill Ravens. They're the Ravens? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So Let's keep in mind on this whole thing that this is the pilot. So this thing was shot months and months before the whole series began. There's no opening credits. There's no opening song. There's no um, Brooke. Like, fuck, Brooke, who's like one of the main... I would say she's right behind Peyton in terms of pecking order of female leads on this show. She doesn't even show up in the first episode. So, with that said, they're really, you can tell, they're really trying to just sell this shit to the network. And the whole crux of it is, it's brother-on-brother crime. Mm-hmm. We got brother-on-brother crime. And we gotta, we gotta fucking beat it over everyone's head. These are two strange brothers. So, so that was one of my main takeaways. These guys are yeah. half-brothers. Yeah. Same dad, different moms. Yeah. Yep. And, um... So, yeah, the the show opens up. It's like kind of a juxtaposition of this is the one half-brother. He's got it all. Rich kid. This is the other one. Other side of the tracks. By the way, in that uh, scene where Lucas is playing pickup basketball outside with his buddies, there's, I think they're playing two-on-two. So there's four people playing basketball. Yeah. And then there's another even two sitting in the stands, like fake announcing this two-on-two basketball game, which in my mind... Like, the most pathetic thing I've ever seen. So, that one kid's name is Mouth, and the other kid, that kid will play a very serious role later down the road. Are they just so dorky and unathletic that they couldn't run threes? I mean, honestly... They have two more players. There's so many logistical questions. Three on three is so much better than two on two. Well, it's just... And it's clear that that river court hoop is like nine feet tall. Yeah. It's so clear. And we'll get to that later in this pod about how we know that for a fact. Um, if but, Lucas ever does play in the real high school team, that's probably going to fuck up his shot. The fact that he's been oh, shooting on a nine-foot hoop. Yeah, I can't think of anything that would fuck your shot up harder <laughs> is, is playing on a hoop that's a whole foot lower than the real regulation one. Nothing was worse 
Well, nothing was better than lowering it down to six and dunking. Yeah. Like for the you know half the day, but nothing felt stranger than when you raised it back up to ten and you felt like you had to heave the basketball yeah. up to get. Yeah. I know you got to try and not spend too much time, kids. That's good advice. Don't spend too much time on the six foot with the small ball because, uh, yeah, it really fucks up with your shot. Um, yeah. Get your dunks in, have your fun, and then raise it back up, kids. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, as we go through this show, I know I'm just going to have so many quibbles. Lots of quibbles with the basketball. Um, it's just, it's going to drive me insane. But outside of that, honestly, I just think like this, the show is so, I'm already locked back in. Cause like now that was the first, that was the base of it. And like, now I'm just like reminding myself of all the scenes that come after that. And I'm just so fucking excited. So it's going to be interesting. I mean, are you in after that pilot? You've never seen it. Where are you at? Yeah, I'm in. It falls somewhere in between Friday Night Lights. Like, Friday Night Lights, the, after we watched the pilot, we were just like, fuck, how are we going to make a podcast about this just talking about how good the show is? Because, like, where's yeah. the fun in that? Right. So I'm going to put that at, like, a 10 out of 10 just quality-wise. Like, cinematic, right. beauty, masterpiece. Like, they didn't fuck up, really. Whereas yeah. this is more like the OC, where it's just like, wait, why why did this person say that? Why did this yeah. happen? Like, wait, did I just catch that? So it's going to be, I think it's going to be a lot more fun. Yeah, I think it's probably a hybrid. I would honestly say it's probably in terms of quality. So this is just quality. Again, OC will always be tops for us because of our age and, and what it meant to us. But I would say in terms of quality, I would put it in between the OC and Friday Night Lights. Right. Nothing will ever be as good quality wise as FNL. But I think there will be, it'll be a mix where in One Tree Hill, there'll be some really good like cinematography and shots. And then there'll also be a lot of those lines that we heard in this pilot where you're like, what the fuck? <laughs> like, who wrote that? <laughs> that was questionable. I'm glad I have a podcast to talk about that for like a half an hour straight. Yeah. So I think it quality wise, it falls somewhere in between. Whereas the OC, that shit was happening, you know, five times every 10 minutes. So I think it falls somewhere in between. Okay, so I want to get into, um, let's just get into Peyton. Because we, we've covered these two dudes a lot, and we'll, the, the whole episode's built around those two guys. So I just want to jump over to Peyton for a second, and I want to do it with a little bit of a song. Dashboard. Dashboard conventional, hands down. Yeah. Breathe in for luck, breathe in so deep. This air is blessed. What, what's happening? This is the first time we see her. She's in her car. She's driving. Really cool car, by the way. She's like a throwback Mustang. They, 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 in the pilot, they edited her as she's just this, like, rebel, like, insane badass. She's never driving, like, straight on the road. She's always going, like, 50 miles over the speed limit and just, like, circuit-jerky back and forth, but she's completely sober. And this song's playing, and they just went a little too aggressive. I know they want to make her look alternative, and she's the popular cheerleader, but she's got this, like, alternative side. 
But they went a little too aggressive in the pilot with it. Like she's always, she has to be wearing a Ramones t-shirt. Always Ramones t-shirt. Always. So we know. That's like, they stole that from the OC and Marissa Cooper. Like yeah. we know that Marissa Cooper's down with rock and roll music because she wears a Ramones t-shirt. Yeah. So it's, it's kind of like the same thing here with her. Although like she's got like a punk rock edge, but she also loves her some Dashboard Confessional, which I can't blame her. I love Dashboard. Was that, was that in your wheelhouse in high school? Oh yeah. I saw them, uh, I saw them live uh, about seven and a half months ago, free, through work, at a concert, and um, it was a little sad, you know, seeing I think, it. I think, uh, did they play the hits at least? Like, did you hear that song? It was a lot of not hits. It was a lot of not hits, and I just remember the lead singer, really short, and he was wearing Tom's. He was wearing Tom's. Are Tom's not cool? I don't know, like... Because I'm I actually... I like I'm close to pulling the trigger on a pair of Toms. No, I like Toms, but for, like, my lead singer, frontman... You like a boot? I mean, yeah, something like a boot. Like a, cool. I, uh... Speaking of that guy's style, the one thing that I do remember... I don't even know if I could pick him out in a crowd, but I remember watching a concert of them on TV, and he was playing acoustic guitar, and it must have been a little cold out or something... Because they were wearing jackets, and he was wearing fingerless gloves. Oh, shit. Like, with the guitar playing. That's and I, I couldn't cool. tell. Like, it was like one of those things where, like, I guess he can kind of pull off fingerless gloves because, like, you need to fret the guitar. So, like, maybe I'll let it slide. That's it. That's guitar talk. I don't know what that means, fret the guitar, but I'm assuming it's something. Have you ever seen someone play a guitar? I didn't know that's what it was called. Oh. I just, just thought it was just, playing the guitar. You just learned something new in your right hand, you strum. Yeah. Your left hand, you fret. That's called fretting? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't fret with the fretting details, dude. However, next time I do it, I might get myself some fingerless gloves. I got some. Can I borrow them? If you want to fret a guitar, yeah. I'll bring them back. Yeah. It's 93 I mean, degrees outside right now. <laughs> I still might do it. I love my fingerless gloves, dude, because it's perfect with like cell phones in the winter. Because you can still be on your phone and stuff. Um, okay, so Peyton, Rebel alternative they dial that down slightly okay good it's kind of like the the ryan being like a genius um, oh yeah i like that comp by you yeah in the first episode of the oc or i guess yeah it was the first episode only he was like a matt damon from good old hunting <laughs> yeah. type character like he was kind of edgy kind of a dick and also just only trying to get super preachy about nonsensical smart guy stuff you know what? Let's just put the the very first clip in because we back then we weren't doing clips. Let's put the clip in of the first thing Ryan ever says on the OC. Here it is. Come on, help me out here. Can Modern you... medicine is advancing to the point where the average human lifespan will be a hundred. But I read this article which said Social Security is supposed to run out by the year twenty twenty five, which means people are gonna have to stay in their jobs until they're eighty. So I don't want to commit to anything too soon. <laughs> Look. Yeah, I mean, it's just like Ryan Atwood was not that guy at all throughout the entire rest of the series. He never started just rattling off like stats on the world economy in the future. Hey, five year <laughs> trends, Sandy. Here we go. 15 year trends. Here we go. Like economic downturn projected in the year 2027, Sandy. Um, so yeah, I think they had a little of that with Peyton. And again, Brooke, she she hasn't even around yet. 
I wonder if it's just on a pilot, you just have to paint with a really like yeah specific brush so yeah. people get it. You gotta get you gotta get idiot network people like locked in, and so you can't just say, "Hey, she's got a tinge of alternative to her," and get the network people on board. It's got to be like, "She is artistic. Hey, she's she- kind of edgy. Hey." One of the times she's so fucking edgy, she's driving down the side of the road, and she's so edgy that she doesn't even see a fucking train coming. Train's coming, she can't see it, then we're gonna have a train go right in front. And it's just because she's so edgy. <laughs> oh! <laughs> I told you. The podcast cat. Should I get some food? I'll come back up. Hello. Yeah. I'd be too curious not to. He like, boom! Wait, should we get I'll, I'll have my camera ready just in case he comes back so we can get a pick from Fran. Alright, sorry about that. Sorry about that freak out. There was a, uh, a cat in the window. A podcat. There was a podcat just checking in on us. Um, we're in the second story of our podcast studio, uh, aka my house, and uh, this cat just climbed up onto my roof, peeked his head in through the window. The content was just so good, he couldn't resist. <laughs> he bounced as soon as we both turned around, he bailed. Cutest cat ever. Um, okay, let's get into Haley, because I need to do some stack corrections to my judgment on Haley in uh, my preview episode with Megan last week. Um I had made the statement that she was not attractive and I was not attracted to her. Mm -hmm. And that was based on not seeing her in like the 10 years since I first saw the show. And uh, I just want to apologize to Haley straight up. Retracting that statement. She is very attractive. Sorry, Haley. Sorry, Haley. I mean, that's on me. She's so good looking, dude. I, she is... Now I feel so good about playing that clip last week, though, of uh, Not Another Team Movie Clip, because that was so spot on with, like, everyone. She's supposed to be nasty in the show? Yeah. Yikes. Yeah. Um, By the way, for all the other shows that we've watched, I watched them when I was, like, 16, 17, so we made a big deal about how we were grandfathered in. I've never seen this show before, so... Well, we're still good because... Are we good? Yeah, because the only teen is Nathan in real life. Oh, okay. All the other characters are actually in their 20s. All right, well, I'll, I'll try to keep uh, keep it in check about how hot he is. No, you don't have to keep your boner in check. That's the point. No, when I'm talking about Nathan, since he is underage. Oh. I'll keep that in check. Oh, got it. Yeah, yeah. You keep that right. Um, cool. Well, that's a relief. So, I was just laughing because I'm like, this is the loser girl. I mean... It, she comes on screen and like they don't even really try to make her unattractive at all, but it's like it's Lucas's best friend. Yeah, she's really attractive and has a great personality. She is like, is have you ever? It's, al- s- it's, al- it's almost like they're using the fact that she has a great personality to to make her less attractive. Yeah, am I? Did that yeah. make sense? No, no, totally. It's like, oh, because she's so cool and, and she can hang out with a guy and like she's joke around. Interesting to talk to. It's like, oh, she got paint on her jeans and she actually has good points. Gross. Oh my God. What is she wearing? Glasses? <laughs> yeah, it's kind of weird because it's so clear. Like uh, we were both saying when we were watching this and both Lucas and her are walking down on the sidewalk and we're just like, how are these two not cool? 
They are so attractive. Yeah. She is wearing like the style. She's, I thought they played her as like wearing like, you know, frumpy jeans or whatever. No, she is just wearing the super sex, like sexual low rise jeans with the, the crop top. Bring back low rise jeans, people. Come oh, on. Oh God, bring them back. By the way, real quick deep dive note. I don't want to get too deep into this, but when they're walking in that scene that you're mentioning on the sidewalk, there's like a little flock of pigeons that, that comes up and scares them. Oh. Do you remember what I'm talking about? Yeah. And they start joking about it? Yeah. Do you think that was, like, part of the the scene? Like, to have these pigeons, like, they're set to fly no. out like that in timing? Or do you think that they're just walking and that happened on accident? I always Because think... either way is fascinating to me. Random pigeons fly and they get in their face and then they, like, play it off and in ad lib yeah. or there's like a pigeon handler and he's sitting there and he releases them <laughs> in their face at a certain time i always think with those moments it it is completely organic and the director just liked the moment and he kept it in okay yes i i mean if you have a dog or something like if you have a main character like one of the points of the story is this dog or whatever okay now you need to start getting animal handlers but yeah when it's something like that I always just, I really do think it's like ad-libbed and they just keep going with it. And then the director liked how real it felt and he kept it in. Okay. Like that kind of fits Haley's character to kind of like jump back a little bit. And she kind of jumped into Lucas's arms. It kind of showed like how good of friends they are kind of. That makes perfect sense. But I think I'm still going to run with in my own head at least that they had a pigeon handler on set that day. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm not begrudging you for thinking that. I do kind of like the idea of there just being a pigeon handler on set. So <laughs> I, I like that. Um, okay, uh, let's get a clip in here because um, I just this stood out to me. So essentially, what's happening is Lucas is not on the basketball team, but like everyone in the town just knows, like, oh, Lucas, this kid's a baller, dude. Kid ball. This kid fucking balls out on the river court and um somehow the coach has never heard of this kid even though the entire rest of the town knows there's like a fucking kobe white kobe bryant a white mamba in their midst did so like and this is just me not being familiar enough with the show yet do they go to the same high school yeah yeah but he just and he loves basketball yeah but he's just never tried out for the team correct interesting Honestly, it's it's never been made clear to me what is Lucas's problem with just playing on the team. I feel like that that goes hand in hand with it. Unless he like when you love basketball or you love a sport, you love pretty much everything about it. Yeah, it's like he he loves he hates everything about basketball except for dribbling and putting the ball in the hoop. I don't understand. Like, it. <laughs> it's all I about really... hanging out with your teammates. And that kind of stuff, and playing games, there being an actual shot clock, and one of the biggest things, if if you ever were like into sports, that you know, athletes say is that after they retire, like pro athletes, and then if you talk to anyone who like played sports in high school, like the biggest thing that they miss always is like the camaraderie, the locker room, like the guys. You're like a part of something. You have the bro- your brothers, dude. I feel like they needed to do a better job of making it more clear and make more sense as to why he's not on the basketball team. I just wrote down this note that just says, I have absolutely zero, in all caps and underlined, idea 
why Lucas won't play on the basketball team. Yeah. It, it's just never made clear. Um, anyways, so any now the coach finds out. You know, he heard through the grapevine, like, oh, there's this diamond in the rough. Fucking white kid it's playing just on the river court. doesn't make any sense. It's, it'd be like, I'm trying to think of a, a good parallel to make it jump, like, illustrate well, how weird. It'd be like if some kid was really good at math, but he was just getting F's in math class. Like, he didn't like to do math in school. He just did, like, street math with his friends. Let's let's play this clip, and then we'll get back to that. Here it is. Hey, you know, um, Lucas plays. Lucas? Oh. Oh, Dan's other son. Well, Karen's son. Dan's on the birth certificate, but they never got married. Well, where does he play? Um... It's a park down by the river. Oh, come on, Keith. If the kid had any promise, he'd be in the gym with the real players. Like Nathan, you mean? Come on, coach. Just take a little drive with me. Totally spot on with your analytics. Like, I, I was trying to rack my brain. How could this ever happen in real life to me? Like... This is my dream, dude. Where someone like goes like, oh, dude. Brian did? Brian D? That kid's a prodigy. You never heard of him? He's a <laughs> fucking prodigy, dude. Let's go check him out. And then I'm like, I'm just doing something. And I don't see like the coach or whoever in the bushes like checking out me just like crushing skills. I don't know what it would be. The only thing I could think is like I'm really good at cleaning. You know? But you don't want to clean for other people? No, I don't you know. You don't want to be on the prob- clean team? That's the problem is I can't think of anything where it's like what, I, what, I, what I'm really skilled at. But you just don't want to join? Let's just, like, let's just look very at frustrating. It like our podcast. Okay. Like, I'm with you. Before we started this podcast, did we ever have like someone go up to like a coach who runs a podcast network and he goes like dude brian and pat you got to see these kids man let's just go over there look through the window you'll see what all the hype is about and then some fucking podcast coach just comes over and you and me are sitting on the couch just like with our hands down our pants just watching episode 17 of the oc just breaking down why ryan atwood's still got that fucking choker and wrist guard on for like 27 minutes and then the podcast coach like comes in he's like hey you guys you gotta start a podcast and then we were just like hey you know what coach fuck no nah (laughs) we do this for the love of the fucking teens we don't do this to fucking join your fucking shit coach it's it's frustrating and um it just doesn't make any sense i'm trying now i'm trying to work through my head of like different ways they could have made the same thing happen where he doesn't play in the team but everybody knows he's good and then somehow he eventually does join the team well it should have been like oh he had this really bad thing happen when he was younger like he tore his acl playing basketball and so now he's just got this like mental block where like Anytime he were to get out there, like in a gym full of people, he's got this like PTSD, so he can't play 
because like anytime he gets out there and he's not just like goofing around with his friends on the river court, it brings back that PTSD of like shredding his knee. That maybe like almost like this is a stretch too. They would have to change a lot of things, but like he just moves back into town. Oh. Right? So the season's already going and like he's just a kid. He maybe played basketball at his old high school. But, like, he got in too late, the season's already started, moves back into town, and he's just playing in the park. Well, what do they do in Hoosiers? Because Jimmy, the best kid in the town, doesn't play on the basketball team, on Gene Hackman's basketball team. So, what was his reason? I can't remember. There was some reason, like, his sister or mom or whoever watched him, like, didn't want him playing. Because, like, maybe... He needed to focus on school or something. There's also there's also ones that they could have used like in Friday Night Lights with in the later seasons when Luke, they don't want Luke to play on the team because his family has like a farm and his dad really needs him to help out. Yeah, something like that. No, yeah. that's that's perfect. So maybe, yeah, they should have done something like that. But the problem is, is they're in North Carolina. I don't know what the, like the farm life is like out there. Either way, they drop the ball. So yeah. we're going along with the plot that he loves basketball, but just hates playing on a basketball team versus other basketball players. Right. Um, last thing we'll do, we'll just play a clip of, of wise advice that he gets from Skills. And this was one of those moments that we was like one of our OC line moments where we're just like, what the fuck, dude? Here it is. Thanks a lot, Skills. Just shoot for team. Yo, Luke, man, you know you're one of my best friends, right? And ain't nothing ever gonna change that, man. But keep it real. We ain't shooting for teams. We shooting to be your excuse. And I ain't about to be a part of that. It's just like, what the fuck, Skills? Like, hey, thanks for the sage words, you fucking douche. Back off, man. Can we just, like, play? Like, what the fuck was that? <laughs> Some lame-ass writing, like, half-assed writing of, like, hey, let's just get this really, like, random kid who's playing b-ball with him who just, like, has some really awesome sage advice and makes some, like, sweet line, like, hey, man, you're not shooting for teams. You're shooting for excuses. Oh... <laughs> uh... <laughs> By the way, you mentioned Coach once. I We probably won't get back to him, no, but I feel like you guys nailed it on the last episode. I just have written down on my notes, I hate the coach. He didn't test, dude. He's just a bad... I don't know if he's a bad actor. I don't know if he's a, the character doesn't work, but it's just... The, the problem they, is... They missed the ball with that. That could have been a really good character. I don't know how um, eloquently I explained it in the last episode, but it really did crystallize for me when I was hashing it out last week that... You really find out what characters are made of in those layer building moments that are like off his main thing. So like for the coach, we really would have found something out if they brought in some storylines like, oh, you know, shit, he's got a long lost son who's addicted to drugs and he's got to go home to that son and like deal with like that shit. Then we would have found out something. But they don't give the coach any fucking layers. He's always just the coach. Maybe something interesting where, like, obviously uh, Nathan's dad, who we'll get to in a little bit, is just a dickhead. Like, unreasonably so. 
maybe they do something where the coach is like the only guy who gets Nathan and they have like a good relationship. That like never he's got, yeah. I know, like he's yeah. got the mean dad who's just kind of like a drill sergeant, but him and the coach kind of have this bond. He's like the pseudo dad. He's like, and then he's dad. like jealous that Lucas is coming in on the team because now it's like shit, like he's moving in my dad. Yeah, like hey, the, hey, hey, new dad, fuck off, man. Yeah, I, I, I had so a couple things on that. One, um, just I'll wrap up the coach and then I'll transition to Dan because you brought him up. First thing on the coach, um, they don't do that because the whole first scene is about Nathan, like having an attitude problem. Yeah. And the coach is like disciplining him. He's taking him out of the game, sitting him down and being like, Hey, you're out, son. I don't care if this is a close game. You're fucking, this is my team, bitch. So fuck off. You trying to like steal the show from me. This is my team. So I wish to your point, they would have done that. Just like make him like his new dad. What's up? Where are we at? Second point. Has anyone outside of us on this podcast living through the teens lived more vicariously through someone else than Dan lives through his fucking son? No. <laughs> oh my God, dude. It's pretty wild. It, it's so clear that Dan like was a high school star, basketball star, and he just wants to relive those glory days, or maybe he never made it, and so now he's just trying to like push all of that shit through his son. When's the last time you bench pressed with your dad? Let's see. Last Tuesday he was out of town. We usually do it on Tuesday, so two Tuesdays ago. Yeah, cool. You guys yeah. putting up the same weight like these two? Yeah, I mean, my dad, he's kind of a pussy when it comes to benching. Not like me. When's the last time your dad uh, convinced you to bully another kid? He doesn't do that too much. He mostly just benches with me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was one of the weirdest things. Yeah. I, I don't even know how we crack into this whole conversation. Because, so, Lucas and Nathan are half-brothers through this dad who is a total dickhead. Right. The dad is like a a stage parent, or I guess a sports parent, who mm -hmm. would you say? Right. For Nathan, the good son. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Lucas, who just is kind of the artistic son, who you guys talked about, is like treated like he's a 17th century century bastard. This is the hottest take, one of the hottest yeah. takes I've ever heard. It was so good. So true. It's so good. Um, he's just treated like he's ostracized from the whole community. The dad just hates him. Which is so To weird. the point where he's like, not only am I going to ignore this kid and just not acknowledge him as a son, but I do not want him on the basketball team with you so bad that, hey, you need to go down to the park and bully him so he doesn't join the team. Yeah, I mean, fucking... What the fuck? Weird moves by the dad. I mean, we'll see as we go along. Um, Dan Scott's definitely going to win the fucking award for just worst parent in human history. Yeah. He is so... <laughs> He's a bad parent. He's a bad... He's so bad. Um, it's pretty weak. And also, this town seems... You said it's a made-up town of Tree Hill? Yeah. Uh, it one seems tree, like a... Rel one Tree uh, Hill, North I Carolina. It. I get it. It seems like a relatively small town. Just kind of a weird move to have the estranged son and, like, the son's mom live in this town where you haven't, like, squashed the beef. 
And every single time you run into each other, music like this, insert that music, uh, happens. Yeah. And there's like a fucking stare down as if you haven't seen each other in hold on. Pa- 20 years. Hold on. Pause for the music and the stare down. Fuck you, dad. No. Fuck you, dad. I haven't seen you in 15 years and you come around here and he like throws shit. So that instrumental sting right there is like how dramatic that moment was. But they live in a small town. You would think that would always happen. Yeah, I honestly. So what are Dan's options? Um, if he doesn't want to deal with this on a daily basis, he could have moved. He could have like paid her off. Like he's a really fucking rich. So he could have said like, hey, Karen, Lucas's mom. How about I float you like 50 grand for you to just like move three towns over? In my mind, he has three options. Okay. The first one is what you said. Just, like, pay off the mom just to be like, I'm rich. Here's a bunch of money. Let's, like, act like this never happened. I don't want to ever... I don't want this kid to be in my life. Let's just act like he's not my kid. Right. The other one is you move to a different town. Dan. Dan Dan moves moves to a different town. Uh, It's, like, a little harder because his business probably there. You got to move and all that shit. The third and easiest option is to just grow the fuck up, Dan. <laughs> You're a full-grown adult. How about you just yeah. grow the fuck up yeah. and just act like a normal human being and have a normal relationship with this kid? Yeah. He lives with his mom. That's fine. Like, he doesn't have to live with you or split time, but maybe just... At you least... just literally live like all the other 50% of uh, people who are out there who get divorced and have kids, and then they just handle a divorce with kids. Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's just I, the weirdest it, thing. It's so weird. So yeah. that's why, we, to bring a point back up that we were talking about uh, a little bit ago, that's kind of like the shit that I'm going to love with this show. Yeah. It's like the acting and the characters um, at moments are like really good, but there's stuff in it like this. I just doesn't make any fucking sense so after i watch it i need to debrief it with you and try to like figure out if we can make some sense we're never gonna understand dan dude he is like trump before trump was like the troll that he is you know like now donald trump is such a fucking caricature of a human being and he just like trolls constantly dan scott was doing that before trump made it presidential (laughs) (laughs) so like it's crazy to see like how some of these people exist because yeah you're just looking at it through it he's just such a dick all the time that eventually just like oh yeah no that guy's a dick and i guess that's that's he's just a dick yeah yeah so we'll never understand it but yeah we'll just keep talking about it um cool okay uh let's do i'm gonna do my mcitw and then i got two more two more key critical scenes from this pilot and then we'll wrap. Sweet. Okay. MCITW this week. You briefly touched on them. And honestly, there was just one moment that stood out to me more than the rest. I know I'm going to be giving it to Dan Scott a lot this year. So this first one, I'm not going to give it to him. I'm going to go a little more outside of the box for this. So for this week, the MCITW. That is the Bruce Cooper is the worst of the week. Brought to you by our fine sponsors of Wicklow. Where... Be free and explore. Get all your outdoor gear at wickowear.com. Type in the promo code BL at checkout. Get 10% off of your order. We got t-shirts, 30 bucks. Swag time. For this MCITW, it's going to Dan's brother, Keith Scott. <laughs> this Keith, he's a good dude. 
And so this is really a zag because he's probably not going to get many of these awards, but I want to give him the MCITW, um, probably his one and only, specifically because of what he says in this clip. Here it is. When I was a kid, my father took me to Raleigh to see David Thompson play. When I was nine years old, I could have cared less about basketball. But when Thompson stepped onto the court, he was so young, so quick, and just so graceful. I, I was mesmerized. I, I couldn't take my eyes off him till late in the game. And I look up at my daddy, and he's got tears in his eyes. 14,000 strangers, and my father's crying because he's so beautiful. He played with such poetry that he made us feel like we were a part of it. You have a gift, Luke. It's a crime not to let people see it, to hide it in the park. Honestly, I've been to so many basketball games in my life, and I am about as obsessed with a individual player. I mean, look around this room, dude. There's only... How many KG things are in this fucking room? Oh, How there many is one, two, three, four. His autograph shoes are right over there. There's four frame pictures of KG, a pair of KG signed autograph shoes. Uh, a shrine and right here. Ten bobbleheads. A shrine above the samurai swords. Yep. A couple Sports Illustrated covers. The picture when he won the championship. Safe to say you love KG. Yes. This is in a house I own with a female. And there's still my wife. And there is still a shrine in this house of my childhood basketball hero. Point is this. No one could love a basketball player more than I love KG. I have been to so many KG games in my life. Always had to travel for them. Always had to fly or drive like two hours because we don't have any MAA team here. Well documented on this podcast that you showed up to his house to try to see him. Totally did. Um, Non-creepily. I have never in my life, even when I was 10 years old, come within a fucking stone's throw of crying watching KG play basketball. So it, this to me was just a very clear moment of like the producer of the show having no fucking idea how to explain outside of like his artistic head what it's like to like really love a basketball player or being at a basketball game. That would never happen. It would, it would just never happen. And it disgusted me so fucking much that for that reason, fucking Keith Scott, great dude. You get it. MCITW. Fuck you this week. Be free and explore. Brought to you by Wickleware. It's pretty pathetic. Yeah. <laughs> yeah just little, can you imagine, like, can you just imagine, like, uh, you're my dad and I'm at this game. We're, we're going to see a basketball player. And uh, he's just crushing it. He's got like 40 points. And I look over at you and you're just crying. And I'm like, Dad, what's up? Oh, it's just, it's nothing. This is popcorn salty. I got something in my eyes. It's just fucked up. Why are you crying? I'm crying. It's not, it's not. Is it because he scored 41 I, points? Yeah, I know he had 12 assists and 10 rebounds. I, it was just, yeah, yeah, I, I just didn't have a good game. Don't stop looking at me. It's fucked up. I mean, he had a triple-double. That was cool. But should we go now? It's just too much. It's too much. Let's leave. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, what the fuck? 
Oh, God. Anyways. Um, okay. Let's get to uh, Peyton's car breaking down, and then we'll end it on the one-on-one match. Cool. Why don't you lay out the uh, Peyton car breakdown scene? All right. So she's driving her, it's like a 65 convertible Mustang, like this unreal vintage car. And I guess she has some engine trouble. Probably didn't change your oil a la Kristen from Laguna Beach. Yeah, goddamn. We really realized that the teens are not changing their hey, oil. Hey, teens. Hey, kids. kids. Make sure you change your oil. Kids. Um, anyways, she breaks down. And as we know, uh, Lucas works at a auto body shop. With Keith, who with owns Keith. the auto body okay. shop. Okay, that's what that. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Um, and he shows up with a tow truck to uh, get her out of the jam. Right. Cue sexual tension. Okay. Cue Lucas with his hands in his pockets and his shoulders hunched to an abnormally high level. His shoulders are above his ears and his hands are in his pockets. That's kind of how he's standing. Okay, so let's let's unpack this scene. First, I want to go to Lucas. Um, yes, you're spot on. Uh, Lucas has these tropes. Chad Michael Murray as an actor has these hot guy tropes. And we realized as we were watching this that no one smolders better mm-hmm. than Chad Michael Murray. Yeah. I mean, smolders with the best of them. Um, where he struggles is with having dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> like dialogue moments, any conversation, and like smiling. He struggles with those things, but goddamn, if he's just got to do a stare down with this music playing... With a hot girl whose car's broken down? He's up there. I mean, he's on the... Can we put him on the Mount Rushmore of smoldering? I don't even want to say he broods. He smolders. Okay. Like, you think of a Tim Riggins or a Ryan Atwood. Those guys are brooding. Do... Have we... He's more coming at you. Yeah. With the eye contact. Right. uh, Yeah. So, coming at you hard with the smoldering, squinting eye contact... Whereas Ryan and Tim are kind of just like brooding and they want to be left the fuck alone. Right. right. Even Marissa broods. But I'm trying to think if there's anyone else who just like smolders like that that we've run into. Maybe all the characters on Ethan Ocean. <laughs> <laughs> the models. <laughs> um, yeah, so. But she, so one of the things that jumps out is like, A, I guess he clearly knows who she is. They go to high school together. And she's the hot popular girl. She's the hot popular girl. She's a cheerleader. She's dating Nathan, his half-brother. Like, it comes off like... And this might just be that we're watching the pilot, but it makes it seem like this is their first ever interaction. It does. Right? I I think I took it as she's known of who this kid is, and he disgusts her. Right. Oh my god, she treats him like he has leprosy. <laughs> it's all because he's just a loser. He's just so good looking and cool, and he's like got like a, like a like driving this big truck, and he comes and yeah. saves her day, like gets her out of this jam, and she treats him like a piece of shit. Like get away from me. He almost Ew. comes off as like confused. He's like, I mean, what, what? Yeah, it, these, I'm so cool and hot. Like, what's going on? Yeah, here? what's up? I'm so fucking hot. I, like, he rises above it, which I respect. He, dude, like she's trying to be mean to him, but he doesn't even like. He's unflapped by it. There's nothing better in this podcaster's eyes sitting here in this podcast studio than 
the Adam Brody or the Chad Michael Murray, like the setup is that he's a loser, but he's tall, really good looking and has an insane charm and like wittiness to him where I'm just like, okay, I can totally now, now all girls love him. This guy who doesn't fucking exist in real life, by the way, he doesn't exist. It's you're either hot and cool as fuck and like tall and whatever, or you are a loser Who's like 400 pounds with acne or like you're into Magic the Gathering and you're just not cool or hot. Like chin alone. Uh, yeah. She's friendly to him at least. Just based on chin alone. His jaw structure and bone and chin uh, yeah, alone makes it completely impossible that the hot girl would not be intrigued. Especially as it's drilled into our faces. The hot girl who's into like artistic stuff and indie music. Right. And clearly that's his jam. Yeah. So, okay. That's Lucas. Smolders at the tops. Tops of the list. Peyton in this scene. I was telling you, I hadn't seen this in 10 years. There were two scenes that stuck out to me from a decade ago. One, the final one-on-one basketball scene between Nathan and Lucas. And then two was this moment of Peyton, car broken down. She's wearing a maroon leather jacket. I, I kind of really like maroon leather jackets on girls. Zerb, add to the list. Maroon leather jacket. I, I was also feeling that jacket. Oh, You're great. Not there. Fucking maroon leather jackets on the ladies turn me on. The hair, dude. I, the blonde curls. I, the wind is blowing like perfectly. It's sunset. The lighting is perfect. The time of day. The curls are blowing perfectly. She has a perfect jacket on. I mean, points off for the Ramones t-shirt underneath. Making me sad. She probably got it at Kohl's. Probably. But other than that, dude, I don't know. What does she do for you? Because she takes me to a fucking 12. Uh, She does a lot for me, if I'm being honest. Okay, good. So this is one thing I will say. Silver lining for all of our female listeners, and I don't know how this will come off, but I'm just going to say it anyways. Right. The silver lining, if your car breaks down as a female, it is a prime opportunity for you to look your best. Oh, I thought you were going to say get like sexually assaulted in. No, no, I wasn't going there. Okay. (laughs) Stay with me here. Sorry, girl. Stay with me. (laughs) Sorry, ladies. It's a prime opportunity for, for whatever reason, and I don't know if this is the male chauvinist in me or... But, like, for some reason, girls yeah. standing next to, like, a car that's broken down with the engine smoking and they're kind of pissed off and flustered, they always just look fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's a prime opportunity. So, just, like, just if, you're, if your car ever breaks down, just lean into it. Just, yeah. like, go with it and just realize in that moment you're probably looking your best. Or just call AAA. That's what I'm saying. Call AAA and just chill out next to the smoking hood oh i thought you're just, saying because you want random hot single guys to come up and help you no just know that everybody driving by just oh, if you, as right, long as you right. like call AAA, you know and just chill out by the car and just maybe put your th- hook your thumbs into your jeans or something and just know that you're you're looking about as good as you you'll ever look dude so true because i think of so many scenes from movies yeah it's like a movie trope of the like the hot girl's car breaks down and she's just crushing it standing next to the car so should we say lady advice uh kids for the kids for the lady kids should we say anytime you get into a motor vehicle make sure that like you put like the perfect outfit on 
and yeah. full makeup. No, it's a smart <laughs> thing. It's kind of like how even if I know I'm just going from A to B, if it's really cold outside, I just throw a, like a big jacket in the back seat just in case I break down. Right. Yeah. No, it's good advice, especially for the lady kids. Um, and I, no, I don't think that makes you sound chauvinist. And if it does, well, lock you up, you know. So, anyways, there's this sexual tension between these fucking two. And the stare down, the smoldering stare downs in slow motion with Lucas and Peyton, dude. It's just like, again, cut it with a dull knife easily i thought you were gonna use a different utensil there well usually i say spoon i'm never sure (laughs) why would what what is that phrase you could cut the tension with a knife i always think about it if the tension oh because it's so thick so you need something sharp yeah i always think like it's so obvious the tension is so obvious that you could cut it with even the dullest of objects oh is that why you say that yeah, but I know I, I know why you should say like extra sharp knife because it's so thick. I mean, the spoon makes me giggle. So stick I like away. I like to I re go uh, yeah. So I like to change it up in my head of like it's not the tension is so thick, it's that it's so glaringly obvious. You don't need a sharp object to cut it. Like your tension is like a bowl full of jello. Yeah, you, you cut just... it with fucking anything, dude. Any any object, literally a shoe, you know. I'm just looking around the room here. Fucking a pillow. Anything will cut Keep through. Keep going, it. dude. <laughs> deodorant. So I want this deodorant. Anyways. Um I just wish I wish this will happen to me at one point in my life. It probably never will, but just like at one point in my life, I'm slow motion staring at a girl who's a fucking thirteen out of ten. And she's staring back just lusting for me so fucking hard <laughs> with slow motion on me in music playing it's gonna be all downhill just uh go out in public and start staring at girls (laughs) start staring at people with with some like my phone blaring yeah (laughs) yeah yeah just hoping for it um okay let's end it with the uh, actually real quick i wanna so we're talking about peyton and we mentioned uh her relationship with nathan the other guy in this right i want to go back to a scene and i don't know if we can just I don't know if we need a clip here or we can just talk about it, but there's a scene where he comes over to her house unannounced and just goes from zero to dickhead <laughs> in like less than three seconds and then starts apologizing. And it's just, I don't know if it's the worst acting I've ever seen or the worst writing I've ever seen, or he's just like a sociopathic monster, but he rolls in. So let's play the clip. Yeah, play the clip. Here it is. You know what, Peyton? I'm getting really tired of this. I came here to spend time with you. Yeah, me and half the team. Whatever. You you know what? You want to be a bitch? That's cool. Just sit in your closet, listen to your loser rock, and I'll see you tomorrow. How about you don't see me tomorrow? It's fine by me. Like, I don't have other options. Okay, go ahead. And he's basically like, hey! And then he just turns off her record. She's listening to music. (laughs) And then he goes, like, on a roll of, like, four mad jabs in a row about her personality. And then he just throws out the classic, I have other options line. Like, who says that? <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, baby. And it's like, what the fuck just happened here? Have you ever said that to a girl? Like, in a, in a relationship, in a fight? Like, do you know how many options I have? No, because I rarely have options. Yeah, same. 
Yeah. So the, the most empty thread of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Any girl I've dated would know that hard. Well, here's the real question. A guy who has ever said that, has he actually ever had options? No. I think if you got options, it just goes without saying. Right. You're not saying it. You're just fucking other chicks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're not talking about it. You're just doing it. Yeah. Um, no, I, I love that. They they had to pepper that in in the pilot to just show, like, yes, these two are dating. But it's not, but like, it's prime for the wedge. Oh, yeah. Someone's right. got it. This is wedge ripening season. You could wedge it with a spoon. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, you could. Okay, final final scene. Basketball one-on-one showdown. They make... Nathan doesn't want Lucas to join the team. The coach and everyone wants him to join, but Nathan's like, nah, fuck you, dude. This is my team, man. You don't come in here and fucking, like, steal my shit like that. Fuck you, dude. Lucas doesn't really want to be on the team, but now he kind of just wants to be on because Nathan's, like, telling him no so hard. Yeah, he's a natural rebel. So... We got a one-on-one showdown on the river courts. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very clear to me that Lucas was cast because he's Chad Michael Murray. He had done that movie with Hilary Duff, was in Go- uh, Gilmore Girls. He's had some heat on him, and he's the, the guy. He's the star of the show. Nathan was cast clearly because he's just pretty good at basketball. <laughs> and he like looks the part. He is an actual teen, and I'm pretty positive he can really dunk. And he's got, like, I, I was yeah, just... Yeah, I'm going to have to keep my eye on that, because you were saying you've, you've analyzed it, and you're like, there's no way, like, he just has to be able to dunk. Yeah, I've, I've, I've analyzed it with a fine-tooth comb, and I'm, I'm very certain that he can actually dunk. At least on nine. At least on nine and a half, and they lower it down a half a foot or whatever. But I can just tell he's got a good shot. You can always tell... It's the subtle things with analyzing, like if someone's good at basketball, you can always tell with their form on their jumper and just how they carry themselves with like casual things like dribbling when you're walking or dribbling when you're running. You can just tell this guy, he knows what he's doing. He's competent. It's the complete opposite feeling with Lucas. I mean, half this episode is him just dribbling in the middle of the night down the road with his hood on. And he dribbles like a fucking idiot. Yeah, that's one of those things where, like, they say if somebody's going to play a boxer, they'll go and, like, you know, hang out at boxing gyms for a couple months before the role just to kind of, like, so they don't have to think about how to be a boxer in a right. scene where they're just, it's a dialogue scene, but they're in the ring kind of moving like a boxer. I just watched a show where John Favreau plays a chef and he spent, like, <laughs> six months. It's an awesome movie, by the way. Chef. Uh, what's that called? It's called The Chef. Oh, I heard it was terrible. It's great. Okay. Um, okay. But he plays a chef, and he studied with a chef for, like, six months in a kitchen to, like... Yeah. So, like, when you're chopping stuff, you're chopping it like a chef would. It's all about those subtle mannerisms and everything. It goes a long way. And um, Corolla also always talks about that because he's a boxer. And he always talks about... He can always tell if someone's, like, a real boxer just based on, like, how they stand around and just, like, shadow box. There's a Before certain casualness yeah. to it. There's a casualness. Yeah. It's like repetition. You can tell they've done it a million times and it's not strained. It's just like very casually crushing it. Lucas doesn't have that when he's just dribbling the basketball. Um, okay. So then they go to this one-on-one match. Uh, the whole school shows up. Yeah. <laughs> 
Um, let, let's put in another song here because this is the song when Nathan pulls up. He rolls up to the, the, the game. <laughs> Song's playing and um, ground effects and cool, cool yeah. on blaring out of the car. That's what I wrote. Like, okay, couple couple things on on how they show us that Nathan's the cool kid. Ground effects on his car. Yikes! If that makes you cool, fucking lock me up. Um, also, nipple ring. Yeah, nipple ring on one nipple. I guess that is what. Cool kids were doing in 04? Yeah, that's one more nipple ring than uh, is currently in this room right now. Yeah. Between the two, between our four nipples. We did have... Should we get nipple rings for like the pod? Just for this so we could take pics with them? Yeah, we probably should. We'll discuss it. We'll discuss it off air. We'll do that post-production meeting. Um, We did have an interesting conversation. Anna from HR was down there watching the episode with us, and you guys got into a, a very spirited dialogue about nipple rings on ladies. Mm-hmm. So quick side sidebar here before we get into this basketball game. Uh, we had a little difference of opinion. I said, I don't need them. You said, you're into them. Yeah, I've never seen one in real life. Neither have I. Um, but if, if it falls into the category of things where... I I would be very interested by it if it was only like a temporary thing, like a like a sleeve of tattoos or something. Yeah. Very excited by that, but then like after I got tired of it. Are I was you just talking like, so just from like the sexual nature, like oh, one time that we have sex, it's like she's this like role playing super alternative. She's covered in tats and has a uh, nipple piercings. No, it's like I like I like the look of it. But I don't know if I necessarily like everything that's attached to it, like a nipple piercing or a bunch of tattoos. So good friend of this pod, Becky, my alternative, good alternative friend, is covered in tattoos. So you got to watch what she say. Well, I'm sure she's completely pulling it off. <laughs> she does. I'm going to post a picture of her. Uh, she's wearing, she's repping some of our VL swag. I'm going to post a picture, but... So I probably, we just gotta be careful because she's real cool, covered in tats, and kind of bucks our stereotype of, you know, what you think comes along with being covered in tats. Well, I could probably tell you she's probably too cool for me. Yeah. Just knowing that she has full tats. We'll have to touch base with her on the nipple piercing, so. We'll you get her on the pod. Sure? Okay. No, we'll get her on the pod and see what, where we're at with the nipple piercings. So, but, like, if you see a picture, every once in a while you'll be like. I would say scrolling. Yeah. And you see like a picture and you can just see like a little bit of a, like a, a little thick, like a protrusion right here. And it's yeah. like, whoa, what's that? Yeah. Okay. What's that? To me. You're I, saying that's just total no go for you. I, I'm, I'm like kinda, Rihanna. And here's where I'm at. I'm like, I don't need it. Uh, that's where I'm at. It's like, I don't, I feel the same way about tattoos on like boobs or like a tattoo on your ass or wherever. It's like. To me, uh, those are good spots. Like I'm, I'm all in on those spots. They're fine how they the are. The way yeah. they are. So like, if I see some boobs or like an ass, I'm just like, yeah, I'm at a ten. I don't need anything extra. That's this podcaster. Now, you might, you might go the other way, which is totally fine. You just like, you, you think it's a little extra. Like, whoa, what's that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I could see that. I could see it. 
But you're more like, you got an ice cream cone already. You love ice cream. You don't need yeah. Jimmy's on it. Because exactly. it's just too... I'm, I'm, but I don't want to go too hard the other way because honestly, it's like, it's still going to be great. You know? So it's like, whether there's nipple ring or not, I'm like, I'm still at a 10. I feel like we're we're pretty close to the exact same page on this. Yeah, I mean, I'm being honest, you, we're pretty close. You're just saying like you would like it spiced up with like a one, like you see it and then it's like a, ooh, like whoa, whoa, what's that? And then it kind of goes away, and then the novelty when the novelty wears off. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're I mean, a novelty guy. At a certain point, you're risking infection and that kind of thing, and then right. long term damage to the the nip, you know, the system. nips. Yeah. We can both agree on this, though. We don't need to see it on Nathan's one nipple. No, 100%. Yeah. So, he rolls up, ground effects in his car. Fucking this music playing as he rolls up, ground effects, nipple ring going. Entire school's there, dude. Everyone's there. This is like the showdown of all showdowns. Fucking MJ versus LeBron James. That could ever actually happen. Yeah, Lucas, Scott, Nathan, and honestly, I don't know why the entire town is at this fucking game. <laughs> One of the weirdest things about this scene is that before the game started, he, Nathan mentions to Peyton, his girlfriend, who's been a dick to the entire episode, yeah. that there's a bet on the game. She says, what's the bet? She said, if, if I win, Lucas won't join the team. If I lose, Lucas gets you. Like, she's part of the bet. It's like an Ocean's Eleven thing where Danny Ocean wins. Right. You know, she gets... uh, Shoot, why can't I think of her name? Julia Roberts. Yeah, Julia Roberts gets rightfully super pissed off that she's, like, an object of the bet. Right. In, like, this weird male dick measuring contest. But she gets this information delivered to her right before the game. And she's just... Not pissed at all, just cheering for Nathan as the game goes on. Yeah, he's just like, hey, you know what? Yeah, if I lose, she's like, what do you, what do, what does he get if if you lose? And he's like, you. I really hope that Peyton gets some self respect by episode two. Dude, she's does that great. happen? She, yeah, she. I don't honestly. I think I would, this is just a weird pile of yeah, thing. I would say one of the weirdest things to me after seeing this pilot one that brooke who's like one of the top four characters on the show is just not in it and then two that peyton was edited so much different in the pilot than she is the rest of the time so yeah it it changes um anyways they play this basketball game let's get to the actual game i wrote down a few things one a lot of trash talk fuck yeah dude a lot of trash being talked uh, a lot of lines like, you know, Lucas goes to take a shot and he goes like, this one's from my mom. Twick city, bitch. <laughs> like, Love you, mom. Love you, mom. Twick. A lot of, lot of like, man, I can't imagine playing a basketball game with this much emotional baggage. Like where you're just like thinking about the 18 years leading up to this. Dad loves me more, swish. <laughs> yeah, like, goddamn. You need to be focused in this basketball game if you have this much baggage emotionally going on. Um, classic, classic scene where you, it's like, again, this is where I feel like the producers overdo it like they did with Peyton. The Nathan elbow to the face. Mm-hmm. It just seems a little gratuitous. It's like, we get who the, we get who the, the bad one is in this and who the good one is. Lucas is the good one. 
Nathan's the bad one. We want good to triumph over evil. We didn't need it. We didn't need the Nathan going out of his way to jack Lucas in the mouth. And then it was one of those where, like, you know, everyone's like, whoa, whoa, whoa. And then and then Lucas is like, nah, man, no foul. Check ball. Check ball, bitch. Fucking game on, motherfucker. And they gotta do it, you know? Then like that, and then um, the the only, the <laughs> just the one that made me crack up was, clearly, they're playing on like an eight and a half foot hoop in this River Court game. Right. Um, and I don't think it's for Nathan, because I think Nathan is good and can actually dunk. I think it's solely for Lucas, because when it's just one-on-one and there's no team and all this, you really get spotlighted on like if you're, you know, what you're all about. And I think they had to lower the hoop down to like an eight and a half, nine feet. It probably looks better on the camera too. It probably makes yeah. him look taller and that kind of stuff. Right. I, yeah. So I think there's that. And then just in the scene where Nathan is going in for the game winner and then fucking Lucas comes out of nowhere, LeBron James style for the chase down block. <laughs> Pins him. Pins it on the fucking backboard. And like... It was one of the most athletic plays I've ever seen if that was a 10-foot hoop. Like, literally the only one I can think of mainly is one LeBron James in the 2015 or 16 finals when he pinned Andre Iguodala. And then going back, way back to um, Tayshaun Prince doing it in like 2005 to Reggie Miller in like the Eastern Conference Finals. Pinning the shot, the layup to like win the game on the backboard. But, um... Yeah, I mean, impressive. Very impressive. (laughs) Can you just imagine, though, there's, you're in this really small town. There's this kid with this freakish LeBron James athletic ability to, like, do these chase down blocks and everything. And yet he's just not on the basketball team. (laughs) It's infuriating. (laughs) It's so frustrating. Coach has never heard of him. The coach has never heard of him. It's insane. Okay, that's it on from me. Do you uh, have anything else on that game or just your MVP? I got an MVP. Who is it? Lucas, dude. Chad Michael Murray. Give it to him, dude. The smolder himself. The smolder. First thing I noticed, and I don't know how you feel about this, but I like his hair. He's working with a grown-out buzz cut. Is that what that is? It's, it's like he, he had a buzz, maybe, and he just hadn't gotten his hair cut in like six months, and he's just it's kind of working. Well... It's it's a it's a 2000s hot guy haircut. Right. So it's a buzz, it grown out. You know, he gets it buzzed down to like a three. He lets it grow out to it's like a seven. But there's a little something in there to make it spike out. So it's spiking out everywhere. There's right. no, it's not shorter on the sides. It's literally spiking everywhere. But it's like, it's not gel. It's texture cream. It's like a low maintenance. Yeah. So you it's can't kind of like tell. he's not putting effort into it, yeah. but his hair looks cool. Whereas Nathan, a... the jock, he's got like a combed hair look. Yeah, and he's got some clear gel in the front. Little party ramp, a long party ramp-esque. Um, party ramp's in the front, but it's not as much of a party on the sides. Right. A little um, longer on the sides. But yeah, I'm liking Lucas. I think he's going to bring us a ton of drama, and he did in this episode. He's the artsy, athletic guy starting to run the wedge on Peyton, your dream girl. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, one note I do have, and this is no knock against him, but I'm just curious how you feel about it. The jeans, the jean pants yeah. with the basketball shoes. It's tough. It's, <laughs> it's tough. tough. It's and tough as fuck, dude. It's 
it was pretty brutal to watch and it's it's the uh, 03 baggy jeans so it's baggy jeans with the like river court b-ball shoes mm-hmm. it was it was it was tough yeah so hopefully he moves past that, that point but that is not a big enough knock to knock give him the mvp mainly because he won that super intense one oh yeah basketball game. we should have mentioned he won the game so won the game he won the fucking game he beat nathan the star of the town like everyone the the, the greatest player anyone's ever fucking seen he beats him in the game and then like Lucas at the end does this fucking cool ass move where it's like, you know, Peyton's standing there like what? Clip. So what'd you bet? I win Nathan stays on the team. Why? Because it's the last thing he wants. And anyway, it's not about him. Peyton! I'll be seeing you. Fucking game on, kids. Kids, it's a fucking match that we are going to keep So, kids, you talk on in. You have a really good night, sleep, kids. Pat, clear eyes, full heart. Do it, kids. Do it. Follow us on Instagram at Vicarious Living Podcast and listen to all of our episodes on iTunes, Stitcher, or SoundCloud. You know you found us when you see a picture of Pat and I sitting on a couple rocks overlooking the vast landscape that is Laguna Beach. Steven's there, just not pictured. Steven and Elsie, both there, just not pictured.